I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer. Well, I mean, I'm really excited about having this time um, with you. I mean, this is a, a subject matter that is important, that is, this is important for us as a country. I mean, to deal with it, specifically as a church, too often times, you know, you talk about the idea of this, the church being divided and it's reflecting a lot of what the world looks like. And, right, and yeah, we know, ought to be out ahead but sometimes it seems like we're behind in the right. conversation. Yeah, and you know, that just kind of helps even frame this, the, this whole section about being undivided. Hmm. But oftentimes when people get a caricature, a caricature or a picture of the church, it looks more of the divided. It's, mm -hmm. you know, us arguing with one another, you know. And, and so over this course of this time, like I just really wanted to kind of unpack, what does it look like for us as churches, two churches that are dealing with this, the tension that we have, this mm -hmm. divide that we have in America, or specifically in how our church is handling it. We're coming at it from two different vantage points, but mm -hmm. both committed to multi-ethnic, multi-cultural um, ministry. Uh, how do you, like what, when did it become a passion for you, a burden for you to even address this issue? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because you and I, we have a lot in common because we both, you know, we love the gospel. We are, are have Southern Baptist churches. We're um, very committed to this, but um, want to understand about your church, it is a, what do you call it? Minority majority church, which yeah. means that the majority of the people there are minorities. Um, uh, we are, I think the last number I saw was 83% um, are Anglo and 17% are non-Anglo. And I, you know, I've heard that the uh, the cutoff is 20%, like 20% makes you a multi-ethnic church. So we're not quite there yet. I think you guys are, but it's something that's very important to us. We're committed to it. It really, um, there's, there's two or three things that really triggered it for me. Um, one is just recognizing God's intention for the church as expressed in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Paul didn't go into an area and plant, you know, a church for the Jews over here and church for the Gentiles over here and hope one day that they would, you know, talk. Um, he planted churches and wrote letters that talked about how races get along. That's what right. we see in Acts, what we see in Galatians is just the, the tensions of doing that. Um, so one was, was that. Uh, second was a realization that there is probably, there are few things that are as evangelistically compelling in, in our culture as seeing genuine gospel community, yeah. right? Because, you know, the, the, the world, they, they long for it mm -hmm. and they know how to put a good show on it. But in the news, we're always having things come out whether it's, you know, um, implicit bias in, in, in Hollywood or whether it's, you know, troubling things in the legal system. And, and, and we just got to confess that despite our best intentions, it hadn't been able to be achieved. And there's something that we have resources in the gospel that are able to say what you want to do, mm -hmm. what the law declared. You know, the law is like we should, we should be a multi-ethnic community where people love each other and get along and treat each other as equals. Um, that's what we want to do, but we don't have the power to do it. And the gospel gives us that power. Uh, a third, honestly, Dottie, is we've just genuinely as our church and many of my personal friends, uh, you know, have, uh, are, are, are people of color. I just, we've, we've learned at our church genuinely to love those brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And we want to bear the burdens that they bear that some of us in the majority culture have never really had to experience. Mm -hmm. um, we want their, um, we want our church to feel as much like, you know, their church as we do. We want them to feel like guests or, mm -hmm. and so it's just saying, okay, what does it look like to be one united people in the body of Christ and um, to really be what, what, what Paul was talking about and what Jesus was praying for in John 17. Mm -hmm. One mm -hmm. of the lines that we use at our church is the church ought to, um, it ought to reflect the diversity of the community, mm -hmm. meaning that we're, we're trying to reach everybody. And, right. and, and the, you know, for us, it's the Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina. We're trying to um, reflect the diversity of the community and how we reach out, but we're also trying to proclaim the diversity of the kingdom. 
because you know one day in heaven there's going to be people of every tribe and tongue and we want the church as much as it can to give a glimpse of that glorious multi-ethnic community yeah. so that's when it became important if you're looking for a timeline I, I, you know I've been a pastor now for 16 going on 17 years mm -hmm. there was never a time when it wasn't right. like something that we believe but I'd say probably in the last six or seven years yeah. is when it's really taken a a pretty sharp turn in terms of its importance in our church. Yeah. And a lot of that has come through just relationships as I'm getting yeah, over That's what I was gonna ask you. I mean, was it an event? Was it a thing like, was, can you put your finger on the point? Is this one of those kind of events or markers that you said, we gotta address this like in a real way. Like it's always been kind of up there, right? but I gotta like, we have to go all out. So no, I mean, there've been small events along the way. I remember um, an African-American brother in our church probably 10 years ago. He just said, you know, he says, man, I love the church. I'm here because of the preaching of the word. My soul is fed. I love the community. He said, but I want you to know that there are some, some, some I just feel like a, a guest here and I need to know if this is on your radar. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, why, why does he feel like that? Right. Um, you know, I, we've had people, you know, along the way, um, you know, pastors uh, uh, that have been on our staff that have just said, hey, there's a community out here that, that is, is struggling and, and, and me just being totally unaware with it. And, and why, why, you know, why isn't this part of our church? Why isn't it growing and developing? Mm -hmm. um, and it, a lot of it was because of just some, I think, deafness right. and blindness. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I definitely started in what they call the, you know, the colorblind stage, right. which is like, oh, we should all just, yep. nobody should notice color. Mm -hmm. You know, we should uh, do what children do. And that is they ignore colors altogether. Right. And they just, and, and there's something innocent, and, you know, but, but we live in a, in a world where God has created the diversity of cultures. And if we're trying to get everybody to act like they're just, you know, white Americans, that's what I find many people, uh, especially in the majority culture think, is they think they don't want a multi-ethnic church. They want a multicolored church where everybody acts like the they're way. in, yeah. you know, the, the white culture. And that's different. If it's, you're going to be a part of yeah. a multi-ethnic church, it means you're going to be uncomfortable. That's right. kind of the measure of it. Are you committed to being, to go through the uncomfortable conversations and, changes in style and, and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, that brings us to a, a good point just to ask the question, like you talk about kind of the spectrum of the gospel community spectrum, yeah. right? And you guys kind of get faces because there's so many different people in so many different phases of where they are. Like some people may be on one phase and some people may be on a different phase. I, I know you're familiar with Dr. George Yancey's book, mm. you know, um, Beyond Racial Gridlock. I mean, it's a great book and we've used it as our church and we had our whole church kind of like, you guys have to buy this book. You need to look at it because so that we can see the different vantage points mm. of where you're coming from. Right. Right. And just being able to address this issue. And, and what it did, it, it, it like it gave us some light into seeing, you know, from the majority culture usually looks at this issue from this vantage point. Right. Where the minority culture looks at it from a different vantage point. And he talks about kind of how minority cultures typically use it more from a systemic kind of way right. where kind of the majority culture looks at it for more of a relational individual. I'm not a racist, so therefore there's right. no racism. There's no, there's no problem. You know, where minorities are looking at it, but this is a systemic issue. Right. And we're living in that systemic issue. You know, and then it is this interesting kind of when you talk about the different models and just the different vantage points. Right. So you mentioned the colorblind model. One of the things that constantly came up in our church, especially for those in the colorblind, was like, there's not, there is a problem I might recognize, but part of the problem is that we keep bringing up this problem. Like we need to stop like, Stop talking. being divisive about yeah, it. Yeah, stop right. being divisive, stop talking about it, stop. Like, and that's Which is the easy problem. for somebody that's in a position of, of, let's just call it privilege to say, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah. because, yeah. and so, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so you alluded to this, um, and this is obviously what the study, you know, um, over the next several weeks is, is about. We've identified four stages in this gospel community spectrum, uh, kind of four areas of development. The first stage is ignorance, just unaware of what's going on. Then the next stage is awareness, where you understand there's a problem and you want to see us overcome it. Then you've got intentionality, which is where you're, you're committed to pursuing the relationships that lead uh, to the fourth stage, which is gospel community, which is what you know, we believe that, that Paul, what Jesus was praying for, what the apostle Paul was instructing his churches to grow in. So what would you say to the pastor that is saying, yeah, I know that there's a problem out there in the world, but that's not a problem in our church. Why do we need to, yeah. you know, why do we need to address this? You know, so I mean, what, what, what is Well, the I'll answer from my perspective, and then I'd love to hear what you, okay. you say yeah. to it. So from my perspective, a lot of times that is from, a, let's just say a well-intentioned majority culture person. They don't have many friends with people of color and don't really perceive that even in a country that is, has you know, laws as, as fair and just mm -hmm. as, as ours and with the values we have, that the experience of growing up as a person of color in our country is still different than growing up in the majority culture. Right. As I've gotten to know um, friends, you know, people of color, they, they, they tell me stories that I'm like, that, you know, I know they're not making that up and I've never mm -hmm. had that experience. Mm -hmm. I, when I've been pulled over, <laughs> Um, you know, by the police. No, one of those times have I ever thought, I, this is because of the color of my skin. And I've never, and, and, but you know, my friends, they, they can tell me stories of that. Right. Stories of being followed in a store, you know, yeah. just, you know. And I think that, that, that's critical because like I have the total opposite. Literally when I'm driving and my wife is in the car and I, I get pulled over, my wife taps my hand. Hmm. She taps my hand and says, Dottie, calm down, hmm. calm down. Hmm. Because there's anxiety that God bubbles up in mm -hmm. me because I've been pulled over by the cops. I've had guns pulled on me, you know, by the cops and just simply because I was black, right? you know, and so it is. And so like literally there was a person in my church that was a cop and I have to tell you, I, I have to, to go to him and say, I just want you to know, you wearing that uniform, it does something to me hmm. because I don't have a good picture of what cops, when I see cops, I don't get protection and freedom and those things. And those types of things play into the kind of this conversation. And so that's when you talk about black and white or black and blue, you know, and these, these kind of these tensions. Right. I think that's, that's critical for us to be able to acknowledge it. And it wasn't until I was willing to acknowledge that I have this, even from my own side as a minority, mm -hmm. to address this. And I think it's so, you talked about like, let me answer that, that same question is, I think we have to address it because we all have these types of stories. And, you, you're, and we're pastoring churches, especially if we're trying to get a multi-ethnic church that has these stories. Right. And when we have these stories, we got to recognize that we're not all coming with the same perspective. Right. We're not all coming with the same mindset. Yeah, and there are historic realities that inform. And we didn't just show up here in America and, you know, whatever year you were born. We, we're part of a culture that has a history, and history has a long memory. Yeah. And there are things that, that we just need to understand about one another. The dividing line in this issue is not between conservative and progressive solutions to the problem. The dividing line is between people who understand and are aware that this is an issue and care about it, yeah. and those who don't, Yeah. right? I mean, Galatians 6 too, bear the burdens of your brothers and sisters. Right. If I am your brother, then I'm gonna wanna know, why do you feel that anxiety? Right. And, and where is that? And I'll ask you challenging questions you'll ask me, but it's, it's just part of loving each other. Yeah. You really see this as a, as a gospel issue, don't you? I think a lot of times we miss 
this idea in the gospel of, in, in the idea of reconciliation. I mean, you see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that he's given us the ministry of reconciliation, that God is reconciling the world to himself. Hmm. Um, I really believe, you know, books like the book of Romans, um, the book of Galatians, like we talked about, the book mm -hmm. of Ephesians, um, is answering these questions that are dealing with racial tensions in reconciliation in unity. And this is the very essence of why um, you see Paul rebuking Peter says he's not walking in step or in line with the gospel. What was he addressing? He was addressing a racial issue, hmm. right? And he says, Peter, you're not walking in line of the gospel. This idea of reconciliation in unity that Christ is reconciling all things to himself. And, and another one that I would say is Ephesians chapter two, when he says, for we are saved by grace, not by our works. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no man could boast, but we were created for it good works, mm. that we are his poema, his workmanship. Mm -hmm. What is his workmanship? That he's torn down the dividing wall mm. between Jew and Gentile. Mm. And so this is a gospel issue. And this is why we casually talk about the Revelation 7 passage. But I really believe that the Revelation 7 passage is a picture. It's a result um, of the, right. of, of, of gospel yeah. um, being worked out. Sounds like you've taught through this before. A couple yeah. of times. Couple of times. <laughs> I'm really excited to get into these these next few sessions and being able to continue this type of conversation because like you stated earlier, this is a gospel issue. You know, as you quoted like in Galatians, in Ephesians, in Romans, I really think over and over again, we're in, it's addressing the issues of race. Hmm. So as we kind of journey in, you right. know, and getting the, getting the chance to share these kind of our stories of how we get a chance to engage with our churches in this area, I'm really excited about, hopefully it can be helpful and engaging for others. It'll be a good conversation anyway. Amen.